Welcome to Jersey Guy Sports, your sports talk home for the Yankees, the Giants, the Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, and I'm your host, Don. I want to thank you for listening. Today, I'm going to be talking about the G-Men, the Giants, stunned the Titans in electrifying fashion to start 1-0 for the first time in six years. So let's go ahead and get started. It's been quite a while since I have talked much about the New York Giants, but Boy, I'm happy to start talking about him today. How about those Jimmy? In a confidence-building win, the Giants came back on the road to win a game against what was last year's number one overall seed in the AFC playoffs. The Titans were the number one seed heading into the playoffs last year, and the Giants won on the road and came out with what was really an electrifying win. That was a pretty awesome game on Sunday. Uh, it was energizing for the fan base, you know, and the Giants fan base is one that has grown very weary over the years. And this win and the way it happened and what the coach did to make it happen really, I think, was electric for the fans. And it's something that really has energized me and uh, has me hopeful, you know, for the season. I mean, the Giants aren't going anywhere this year, but it was a, a great way and sort of definitely differentiated this year's Giants from, from previous ones in a lot of ways. Um, now, when the game started, it didn't look that way. They had a pretty awful start to the game, particularly the first series and overall in the first half where they didn't do anything. It was shut out. It was 13 nothing at halftime. Um, it looked pretty bleak. It looked kind of like a little bit like the same old Giants, you know, in the first half where they couldn't move the ball. They couldn't score. Nothing was getting done. The defense was meh. And, you know, we weren't really sure what you were going to get. But something happened. I don't know what he did at halftime, talked to him, but they came out of the second half. Bam, bam, bam. Barkley, long run. A couple plays later, touchdown. It's 13-6 after they blew the extra point. Then got the ball back. Long bomb TD pass to Shepard from Jones, even though he underthrew it. Bam, touchdown, 13-13. So in like seven or eight minutes of action in the second half, it went from 13-0 to 13-13, just like that. Um, Barkley, by the way, looked fantastic once again, like like his old self from start to finish in this game. He was hitting the holes fast. He's not hesitating. You know, it's it's something that you've wanted to see from Barkley for quite a long time, right? He's had this problem in the past with, you know, hesitating too much, deking, trying to turn every run into a 60-yard run instead of just taking that, you know, what he can get, and he did that to perfection in this game. Really, you know, running with force, running north and south, and he had a couple long runs that he ripped off, and and he looked great. And a huge, huge two-point conversion at the end. Um, Daniel Jones looked meh. I don't really know what to say. Um, Reading about, you know, how he was evaluated by some of the the writers and such, again, they seem to... uh, think he looked better than I did. I, I didn't like how DJ played, but, you know, he didn't make any big mistakes other than the atrocious, ridiculous, terrible interception in the fourth quarter in the end zone. I can't even believe he threw that ball. What an awful, awful, awful pass that was. I mean, it was so bad that Dable was screaming at him on the sidelines. This is the first coach, first game for this head coach, right? His first game, he's on TV He's seen screaming at his quarterback because Jones made such a stupid, moron, terrible throw for an interception late in the game as the Giants were trying to tie the game up. But other than that, I guess DJ did okay, you know, but 
the line had problems blocking again, uh, particularly pass blocking. So he didn't have a lot. But you know, my same criticism of Jones remains. It persists. And that is that he does not seem to have a feel for the pocket. And that's not to say that he had a lot of time, but he's not great at sliding one step left, sliding one step up, you know, and then making the throw where you watch other quarterbacks and you don't have to be a running quarterback to get out of pressure situations. Sometimes, you know, even if it's somebody like Brady, you know, or, or Mahomes, when they're not running, you just slide left, slide right. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not a bunch of running, but it's it's just a pocket feel. And it's a way that, you know, really good quarterbacks have about them where they can feel the pressure and they can take a little step or two and, and complete a pass. Or as they're trying to escape pressure, complete a pass. And it's just that feeling that is one that I don't have for Daniel Jones. Um, we'll see as this year progresses with a new offense. And, you know, of course, you know, the announcers blamed everything, you know, but DJ for how bad he was. Oh, they threw different coordinators at him and different this and different that. It's never Daniel Jones's fault. So we'll see. How, how was that end zone? Was that the lineman's fault, that, that interception in the end zone there? Was it the receiver's fault? Uh, was it the new offensive coordinator's fault that Jones threw that pick in the end zone? I mean, come on, guys. At some point, you got to blame the guy. And, you know, I've been blaming him for three years. But, you know, at some point, people are going to catch up. Coach Dable, I got to tell you, <clears throat> showed amazing guts going for it. After the Giants scored very late, they moved within one. What an awesome call, right? So they were down one with like a minute and a half left in the game. Scored touchdown to put him down by one. And Dable showed some huge balls, man. He, he decided to go for two instead of tying the game. Tried to take a lead. I mean, the Giants aren't going anywhere. So so great call. You know, why not? Um, he said he's going to play aggressive. And he backed it up, you know, with actions on the field. A lot of coaches just talk that coach speak, right? You know. We're going to be aggressive. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And all the while, you know, that's just what you say. And in reality, you end up being, you know, playing a little little meagerly, right? And that's what you do. And coaches do that all the time. But, you know, he backed it up. And he did go for it. The little shuffle pass to Barkley, who evaded a tackle, went in, put the Giants up one, and it was a fantastic play. Just great. Just – I so happy with that and it just it inspires you right you know from the minute that the announcer said oh and they're going for two and it was very surprising right to the announcers and it was really surprising to me because as Giants fans when is the last time someone had the balls to do that I mean think about it how long has it been since a coach has had the guts to do that on the road against a vastly superior opponent Awesome. And it paid off. You know, sometimes you have to you have to take risks to get things done. And he certainly did. Now, obviously, the defense after that, with a minute and a half left, tried to give the game back away. Right. They took three friggin' penalties as you know the Titans were trying to drive down the field to win it with a field goal. So they took a penalty right away. Then they took a defensive holding penalty. Then they took another defensive holding penalty and then completed one more pass. And they were already down to where like, I don't know. 30-yard line or something, 29-yard line. So zip, 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 they went right down the field. Uh, penalty, you know, those penalties on the defense, really, those were heartbreakers. Had they lost this game, that's what would have been talked about, the, the defensive penalties and just how bad that was. But the Titans kicker blew the kick, and the celebration began, and, boy, it was 
fantastic to see. It was fantastic to feel. I mean, it kind of felt like a program jolting win kind of thing. And, uh, you know, being the first game, you know, and the first real look we've had at Schoen and Dable, um, it felt great because, you know, they, we, they did what they needed to do with the organization. And this is our view of what's next. And it just felt great. Now, we didn't even have Thibodeau, right, our, our fifth overall pick in the first round. Um, he's supposed to be our big pass rusher. And we needed him because we could not generate any kind of pass rush, you know, whatsoever on on this quarterback. And, and this team needs to generate a pass rush. So we're going to have to see what Thibodeau does when he does come back. Tony, the receiver, he was rarely used. Um, I don't think they threw a pass to him. They had two runs for him. He still looks so elusive, though. You watch him with the ball, try to elude defenders, and it is, I don't know if there's someone that's more elusive in the league, you know. I'm not a big Tony fan, but boy, oh boy, can he evade, you know, uh, defenders and and gain yards. I, I hope he sticks with the team, and I hope they target him more, and I hope he keeps himself in line because he's kind of a problem child as a off the field person, but I'm, I'm hoping he stays healthy and I'm hoping they can use him because boy, is he kind of electrifying when he has the ball and they probably should use him for punt returns because he used to do that in college and they absolutely should be using him uh, to return punts because it seems like nobody can tackle him. It's amazing. Anyway, uh, that's really it. It was an awesome start and a hopeful beginning to what is a new era uh, funny as hell, the New York Post back page, you know, the sports page right on the back of the New York Post, Dayball, the balls of steel <laughs> was the caption, the balls of steel, a play on words, you know, for Brian Dayball, the balls of steel with that call to go for two with a minute and a half left down by one. Fantastic. So, you know, let, let this be the season, you know, let, let this be a lesson, I should say to struggling teams and bad teams, right? And we've seen this recently with three of the teams that I like. When in doubt, you know, when your team is really bad or when something isn't working over an extended time, tear the team down and get a new foundation, right? Do you hear that, Yankees? Who kept Cashman, who kept Boone? And again, they they look like, a you know, they're falling apart again this year. The Giants did it, right? They got rid of their awful GM. They got rid of their awful coach. They brought in a new regime. They're starting to build everything back up. Now, we don't know how good or bad this year's team is going to be or in the future, but it feels different already. We'll see. You know, they could lose by 30 next week. Who's going to know? But it feels different, right? So the Giants did it. The Rangers did it, right? They they, they got rid of the management. They, they traded veterans for rookies years ago. They built the team back up to scratch, and the Rangers are very, very competitive again, right? Reaching the Eastern Conference Finals this year. So, you know, what are you going to say? Hopefully the new regime continues to be aggressive this year, and go Jima! That's all I have. So I want to thank you for listening to Jersey Guy Sports, and please subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends all about it. I will be back soon with some more sports talk. Thanks and good day.